I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey, what's happening, Rush Nation? I can't believe it. It's week one. We're now here. The football season is about to start three days away. So really not that long uh, to think about getting those lineups set up. And it's the day that we all wait for every single year. Everybody is zero and zero. Everybody is in with a chance of making the Super Bowl. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic season. I feel like this summer has really sort of dragged on a lot longer than normal, at least for me personally, maybe not necessary for all of you, but <clears throat> it's really good to be back and doing this. And uh, the next 17, 18 weeks are going to be chaotic and they're going to be stressful, but they're also going to be a lot of fun as well. And I can't wait to watch uh, the games here. So as per usual, I'm back with the wave wire slightly different this year in the sense of uh, Stacy's going to be writing the, Wave Wire article. He's going to have his own picks, his own takes on it. I'm going to be focusing purely on the audio format. So I will put a link to Stacey's picks, um, but they are going to be different from mine. They might not always be different. Uh, he will have his view. I will have mine. Uh, definitely recommend reading the article. It's going to be linked to this podcast every single week. Um, it's always good to get different perspectives, different people. Uh, and, and understanding the analysis and the reasons why people are leaning towards the way that they do. Um, for me, week one, there's less statistical analysis here because we haven't got much data other than what we've seen previously. It's just more about thinking about a short to medium term. 
So thinking about players who could potentially have an impact week one and maybe a couple of instances where a player could have an impact week one go up in value and actually have a role moving forward. So it's kind of a bit of a, a balance here, plus with uh, some streamer picks as well that are purely just week one centred. And then as we go through the weeks, I'll explain all the picks and everything. The thing I would say with Fab this week is try not to spend any. If you can get away with not spending Fab, it's just not really worth spending Fab before week one. It just puts you at a disadvantage. Plenty of players in your league probably switch off until they set their first roster anyway, so you can get these guys on zero bids if you have Fab. Um, fine to spend a dollar. Wouldn't really spend anything more on any of these players. It's just not worth it at this stage. So if you can get these guys on waivers or zero dollar bids then absolutely maybe even a cheeky one dollar bid. i wouldn't spend any more than that certainly would be spending multiple dollars on any of these players um unless there was a really dire situation in which case dm me at murph underscore nfl we can uh, absolutely talk about that uh, so let's get straight into it uh two quarterbacks potentially to consider for week one Start with Ryan Tannehill, really unpopular uh, in drafts this year. He's only 15.9% owned. Uh, he has the New York Giants week one. Now, I understand why. You know, they've drafted Malik Willis. There's concern whether he's going to be there long term. Is he going to make the season? But yeah, Ryan Tannehill, I know he didn't have the best year last year, but he has had consecutive been pushing until last season that top 12. He has a bit of rushing upside. He can rush. Uh, touchdowns in as well. So he does have some real significant upside, especially when I'm looking at, at players that are in his ADP range and players that are in his sort of undrafted category. It really is surprising to see his ownership because that ownership would be probably dominated by uh, Superflex, Superflex League, Superflex players, uh, and maybe Dynasty Leagues because this is all ESPN. If you've never tuned into the Wave Wire show before, I tend to pick players that are under 30% owned. I'll bring a few that are maybe over 30% owned at the end of each player segment. But looking at this, Ryan Tannehill, 15.9% owned. Seems like a bargain. He opens up. He's got really good games to open up. The Giants should be targeting that. The Bills is going to be a game they're going to be playing from behind. We'll need to throw the ball. Uh, we've got the Raiders. That, for me, is like a 50-50 game. So I think, again, I think it's a good matchup. It's definitely a defense that can be exploited. Um, and they've got the Colts. So, again, another 50-50 divisional game. They'll be throwing the ball a lot. I can see them throwing the ball quite a bit these opening four weeks. And so, as a result, I really think Tannehill for the opening four weeks of the season looks like a really, really good streaming bet. Uh, and I think that he's someone with that rushing ability, with that rushing upside. I think he's someone that will give you pretty consistent performance um, in the first four weeks. So if you are struggling at quarterback, and you might probably shouldn't be really, but if you were, for whatever reason, he's a good pick uh, to, to have at this stage. Or if you're streaming and punting the position, you know, he's a good opening starter for you. Matt Ryan's the other one. 22.6% owned. Great matchup this week against Houston. You would expect him to exploit this on the road uh, and really open up well. Uh, there's always a, a slight concern, quarterback and his new team, but with a veteran, former MVP like Matt Ryan, I'm not really concerned about how he's going to open up uh, against the Texans. So, again, if you're looking for just that week one play, Matt Ryan is a, is a good bet here. To move on to, uh, if you're looking at um, as well, just before I move on, I'm looking at some quarterbacks here. If you're thinking if you didn't take a QB2, I'm looking at the ownership. Now, these are ESPN ownership 
numbers, and they probably differ per platform to have a look at this. Uh, James Winston, 30.5%. Again, we're talking about a former top three QB. Justin Fields, with all that rushing ability, he's only 45.2% owned in the ESPN leagues. So these are players that I'd be having starred and looking at the waiver wire. Um, especially with Justin Fields. He's someone for me that I would really like as a QB2 because I think he can put up high QB2, low QB1 numbers. And I think he's going to have some weeks where he's going to really spike with that rushing ability. And I know people are really put off by what he did last year, but I do think there's real opportunity for him to grow. Now that Matt Nagy's gone, now they have a new coaching staff, now they can really sort of push through um, with a new coaching staff, new scheme, new players, different offensive line. We'll see what happens. Go back into the running backs. Kenyon Drake talked about him on the show last week. He's 5.9% owned. He has the Jets week one. Doesn't look like Dobbins is going to go. We know Gus Edwards is on the pup. People are going to sway towards Mike Ed, um, Mike Davis. Sorry, kind of know what Mike Davis is. He's a plotter between the tackles. Kenyon Drake, for me, in that pass-catching role, is going to have, uh, bring a little bit more dynamism to the short term. And I think he's someone that going to have that big playability and I know he's just been signed off the street and I know Mike Davis is on the roster and I know people will be sitting there thinking like Mike Davis is going to get the majority of and that is 100% the range of outcomes that that is very very possible but the, we saw this story last season with the Ravens when they had no Edwards and they had no Dobbins they brought guys in and just let them compete for the role and they gave them touches in the hot hand and if I look at, and I said this last week on the show if you didn't listen if I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, which one of these two do I think is going to have a more explosive performance if they have similar workloads? It's going to be Kenyon Drake because we've seen Kenyon Drake have good seasons, have good productive games. We see Mike Davis in that sort of role at, at Carolina where he had a really good spell at the first sort of point of the year and really tail off. And then, you know, he lost that role. You've got to remember that he had a, a huge volume role. And when it came time to resign him, they didn't. You know, they went with Tuba Hubbard. That says to me everything. That says that they weren't happy with what they got in Carolina. It says all I need to know about Mike Davis, that he's going to put up points. I can see why people look at him in the wave of wire, but I'm looking for ups. I don't want a guy who's just going to get me eight, nine, ten points. I want a guy who could potentially win that role in opening weeks and have a, a role going forward. So give me Kenyon Drake. I think Kenyon Drake is the guy who could really pop week one and have a really, really good week. And he might not. It is a gamble. It's a big risk. But from having to bet on one of those two guys, my money's on Drake. Um, another really intriguing option here is Daryl Williams. Now, he's in Arizona right now. 7.2% owned. Now, KC week one. Not necessarily the best matchup here. Really isn't the best matchup here. I'm really intrigued by what sort of role Daryl Williams is going to have here in Arizona. And there's two reasons for this. The first one is we know Connor gets injured. I know he had a phenomenal year last season. I know he got paid for it. He deserves it. I really like James Connor. I really like James Connor this year. I think he's a very, very good offensive football pick. I have him in a lot of teams. But I am slightly intrigued by what they do with Daryl Williams. Is Daryl Williams going to get more work than Edmonds did last year? Is he going, or Nino Benjamin, is he going to force his way into the conversation here? Is he going to get some workload? I, this is a sneaky suspicion that I think he could really earn a relevant role. And again, he might not. The way I look at this with, with Daryl Williams is he's free right now. You can get it for $0. No one's challenging you for Daryl Williams unless they're watching this. I'd be just sneaking him on a few rosters. Just add him in a couple of places and just see what happens. 
week one, week two. And if he doesn't do it, you cut him, you lose nothing. But just have an eye, because just in the back of my mind, I just can't help but think there is something with Darrell Williams. I think there's an opportunity for him to get a, uh, a pass catching role or a role of significance. Plus, with knowing that James Conner gets hurt as much as he does, that sort of premium handcuff role. And I think that being a flex play with the premium handcuff role is exciting. We've seen this with, with Pollard and uh, a couple of other guys. So I think I'm just a little bit intrigued by Darrell Williams. I'm, I'm not saying it's going to pan out, but I think uh, I would be sprinkling him on a couple of rosters for free right now and see where it goes. Um, other running backs, just over 30% owned that you could be potentially looking at here um, if they're free in your leagues. Brian Robinson's been dropped a lot because of what's happened. I'd be adding him at 37%. I'd be adding him where I can, stashing him on um, on on IR if you've got an IR spot. The fact that he was put on the NFI list and it's a four-week list um, speaks to me that they really are confident he's going to come back. And don't forget, he was tipped to be the starter there. So he's got the faith of the coaching staff. He's someone I'd be stashing for the second half of the season, especially if you've got an IR spot because he's not even taking a spot on your roster. So he's one I would absolutely be stashing uh, everywhere I can. Um, and I really like Jamal Williams at 34%. We know Swift gets hurt. We know Swift you know, misses time. And I appreciate Jamal Williams is not a huge uh, running back one most weeks if he gets the role kind of guy, but he's a solid RB2. And again, we're talking about a guy that's pretty much free uh, in in the majority of leagues and, and not going to cost you anything to add to your roster now. If you're thinking about a handcuff, likely to accelerate and get a better role. Someone you might be able to trade at a later date if they do have good games. Jamal Williams is that sort of uh, guy there for me. It's slightly over the 30, 30% owned on ESPN. Uh, moving on to uh, wide receivers. This is uh, is a good bunch out there. It's a really, really good bunch of, of wide receivers. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick three under 30% owned right now. The first one is Nico Collins. Nico Collins is 18.8% owned. So he's the Colts in week one. I do think the Colts are going to get at this game very, very early. And I think Davis Mills is going to be required to throw the ball. Now, if they put the coverage on, on Cooks, it's going to leave Collins with some open looks. There's a bit of a question mark what they're going to be doing at tight end. Uh, you know, everyone's on Brevin Jordan. They tried to trade Brevin Jordan. He didn't work out for a medical reason. They've just signed OJ Howard. There's not enough time for him to really get involved uh, in a heavy ordeal straight away. It just makes me think everything's tipping towards the second look being Collins. And I know we've got Damien Pierce in the backfield again. Everyone thought it would be Marlon back. It's Damien Pierce. How's Damien Pierce going to react in that pass catching role? Again, some question marks there. Everything points towards Nico Collins potentially being very productive in week one. Now, I'm not saying he's someone you should stay on your roster long term, although I do think Nico Collins is a good player. And I think that the Texans offense will be better this year than it was last year. But I think in week one, this scenario here of them having to chase a game, them having to put the ball through the air and then potentially taking Cooks out of the game. You know, the Colts are very, very defensively well-schemed and will fully understand that Cooks is the main danger threat. It's not going to be Pierce, and um, they're going to sit there and they're going to give Collins his, his, his looks. They're going to give him opportunities to make plays. I'm not saying they're going to... They'll probably contain him a bit, 
but he's going to be able to get those sort of sideline catches um, and those sharp routes just cutting inside there. And they're going to give him some routes over the middle where he will be able to make, you know, those sort of 15-yard gains because they're quite happy to give that up over the big play over the top. And I think you're going to see a lot of those sort of containment routes where they'll go, okay, with no real tight end there, he might run a few of those routes or routes in, into the middle of the field there. And I think that's where you might see Nico Collins kind of operate at times in this game. And so I like Nico Collins to get a sort of six for eight or six or eight catches for, you know, 70 to 100 yards. That, that is in the range of outcomes for me. That's why I quite like Nico Collins this week if he's if he's free, 18.8%. Owned. That's he's still my number one uh, streaming pick for week one. Um, another one I really like as well, I think that is going to be really popping off in week one, is Isaiah McKenzie, 11.9% owned. Uh, they're away at the Rams on uh, Thursday night football. There's always that worry about Thursday night football putting a guy in, and I get it 100%. Isaiah McKenzie is going to potentially have a, a good shot at getting this third wide receiver role. Now, again, you've got Diggs, uh, you've got Gabe Davis, but you know, Isaiah McKenzie is quick, he can, he can definitely beat coverage and he can definitely make plays we saw this down the stretch last year when Gabe Davis was out he had that monster game at the end of the season and just think in this sort of game they're going to want to take risks Buffalo this is a tough tough opening game against the Super Bowl champions against a very good defense here they're going to want to take shots I think Isaiah McKenzie's the guy that they will look to exploit maybe try and overload with with Davis, uh, Diggs, and McKenzie, do some three wide receiver sets, really push the ball down the field uh, and see if they can get one of these guys open. So don't uh, don't be too surprised if you see Isaiah McKenzie hit the hit pay dirt in week one uh, with a, quite a reasonably long-range touchdown. So this is something that you can, I want to say, gamble on, but if you're kind of struggling for some ideas and you're projected to lose a matchup and you need a guy who could really pop, Isaiah McKenzie could be that guy, could be that guy who is free right now, who you can really take a shot on at, uh, you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three position. Don't put him in your flex. Uh, definitely don't play players on Thursday night football in your flex. I've said this a million times. I'll say it a million times more. Do not do it. So, yeah, uh, like my, uh, Isaiah McKenzie here. Another one, if you're really struggling for starters, you're in a really deep league. Uh, I've got one for you, Noah Brown. Noah Brown is on the Dallas Cowboys. He's 0.4% owned. Everyone's gone with Tolbert. Tolbert week one. Uh, everyone's thinking Tolbert's the guy. Tolbert's the guy who's going to you know, pick up from the Michael Gallup injuries to wide receiver two. That's going to take time. Now, in the preseason, Dak Prescott did not throw to Jalen Tolbert. Didn't happen. They've had very little time together. Uh, in the meantime, if you've been listening to the beat writers and you've been following the coverage, if you haven't, I definitely recommend you, you you try and find big coverages from every player or every team. That Prescott's been talking an awful lot about Noah Brown. His connection with Noah Brown. Uh, he thinks that Noah Brown's a great uh, professional. He's a guy who's earned that Prescott's trust here. And I think in the in the, in the early games here, again, they're playing Tampa Bay. It's a tough game. Game need to win. Yes, C.D. Lamb is going to be the primary target in that game. But this ball's going to go in the air a lot. So I think there's going to be plenty of targets on show. Schultz is going to get his. I think Lamb's going to get his. I think there's a role here for somebody else, and I'm not sold week one. It's going to be Tolbert. I really think actually Noah Brown could be this guy just because of comments said and uh, the way that that relationship seems to be developed between 
Prescott and Brown. I'm not saying that Brown is going to win this role all season. I'm not saying that Tolbert is going to be washed up and sitting on the outside looking in. Far from it. I think Tolbert is an, is an excellent prospect, and I think him and Gallup will play a lot this season. I think Brown is someone who is a week one, week two play, and then you fade him because I don't think he's got a long-term role on this roster. But I think just now, you're walking in, familiarity is so important. I think that is going to be tying to him potentially having a pretty decent week one. So if you're in a deep league, struggling for a starter, no Brown. He should be there, 0.4% owned. So he should be there. Uh, I like him on week one. Or again, someone you can stash and potentially trade. Um, if you're looking for players who are uh, over 30% owned, uh, players to potentially watch out for, on your waiver wires. Let's have a quick look here. Um, uh, you know, Josh Palmer, 33.6%. I don't think he's going to have a role. Michael Gallup talks about him. He is 39.4% uh, owned. A lot of people worried about that injury. Does look like he's going to play sooner rather than later. He's a player I'm definitely intrigued in uh, a lot. And DJ Chark is only 43% owned. I think he's going to have a pretty solid role. And if you're looking for some players to potentially stash for later on in the season, uh, Jameson Williams, 23.7% owned. He's not going to play for the first four weeks. But again, if you've got that IR spot, um, similar to what I mentioned with Brian Robinson, uh, I'd be picking him up and be stashing him. I think second half of the season, he's going to get a very solid role. So I definitely like the look of having uh, Jameson Williams on my IR as a free player that can just sit there uh, until time comes to punch the button on, on him. Uh, tight end, uh, going with Gerald Everett this week, 11.5% owned. Um, he is at the charges now, uh, and you know the fact that he's. I know that Jared Cook didn't do well in that role last year. I do think it's different. I think Everett gives uh, a little bit of a different uh, dynamic, especially in the red zone. Uh, we know, you know, if you can get a piece of this Chargers offense, it's something that you definitely want to mention. I just briefly mentioned Josh Palmer there. You know, give me as many pieces of this offense as you can. You know, it's dynamic. You know, it's going to be a big game against uh, the Raiders. We know this is an important game. I do think that Everett is someone who is just sneaky worth it. And Dan has been talking about him all summer long. I'm with him on this. I do think he's someone you should be keeping an eye on. And if you're struggling at tight end, uh, there's no better option this week than, than Gerald Everett to see what happens. Uh, if you're really um, not fancying Gerald Everett, Cameron Bray, who Stacey picks, you know, 1.5% owned, he is likely to get the start uh, and likely to get the red zone looks. Uh, and again, shoot out against... Cowboys, you'd like to think that they will get tight in the red zone. We know how good this red zone defense was last season. We know how likely it's going to be good this season under Dan Quinn as defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. They're going to have to get big body guys there to make catches. Break does this. He knows how to get the ball uh, in pay dirt. He knows how to make those catches when it matters. So I really like Break as a sort of streaming option this week as well. And he's only 1.5% owned. So if you're looking for a touchdown or bus guy, uh, Cameron Brake seems to be that. Everett slightly more, maybe a long-term play if you're desperate uh, at that position. Um, just leaves me with Kicker and DST. Kicker and DST, same team. Um, I've gone with Randy Bullock uh, of Tennessee and the Tennessee Titans. Again, I just think this matchup against the Giants is too good to exploit. Um, I think that, you know, I look at the first four weeks of the season, I've talked about this with Tennessee, Okay, the Bills isn't great, but I do think, you know, they can really contain the Giants, uh, the Raiders and the Colts. I think they're good, they're good uh, games to 
score points on uh, as a DST. So I do like them as a as an early week streaming option. Again, week two is not great against the Bills, but I think in all those other games, I think they're they're a good bet to to put points up uh, early on. So that's why I quite like them as an early streaming. But I think you know, I couldn't get their ESPN ownership, but they're twenty eight percent owned on sleeper. In terms of Randy Bullock, he's pretty much free everywhere. He's 3 4% owned. He's not very popular, but I think, again, week one, likely score some points. You know, he had a pretty good record last season. They did bring him back. Um, didn't play the full season. don't think he started the season there, uh, but he was pretty consistent down the stretch. I think he was 25 or 31 field goals. A couple of those were quite long outside of his range that he missed. He didn't miss too many. Uh, didn't miss too many extra points. I think he's 42 or 45 as well. So pretty good record um, for her, for Randy Bullock. And I think, you know, week one, he's definitely someone that can turn over and get some points. And I think, you know, he's likely to get that. So I do think Randy Bullock is a nice, good option there uh, on wave-wise. I think Ryan Suckup is there as well due to the fact that they uh, were a bit unsure if he was going to make it or not. He was on the roster bubble. He did make the roster. So uh, you can exploit that situation and, and pick Ryan Suckup up. Ryan Suckup is um, going to you know, potentially score a lot of points as well, especially in that shootout game uh, opening week. So definitely take advantage of that. And that will do it. That will do it for the waiver Wire show for week one. I can't believe it. Already here. Um do send in any questions if you uh, have any. I hope you found this useful. Again, as I sort of mentioned, Fab, as the weeks go on with the show, I've mentioned Fab amounts, how much you should be bidding on each player. Week one, as I said, just don't bother. Just keep your Fab. Um, pick up a dollar or two max um, total spent. I, I'm not spending more than one dollar on any player at this point. So stay away from that as much as possible. And don't forget, it is week one. So it's going to be a lot of overreaction. Um, you know, there's some players who are under 30% known that didn't mention who, who potentially could be long-term bets. Um, Romeo Dubs or Dubs or however we're pronouncing his name now is out there and he's under 30% known. A lot of players who potentially, especially that wide receiver position, it's very, very deep. So don't get sucked into the new hotness. Stick to your plan. But, you know, Rotate these guys. You know, this is why I always talk about roster management. Always have a couple of spaces on your roster where you can just turn over, try players out, keep buying those lottery tickets as, as much as possible. So, uh, but that will do it for week one. Uh, look forward to bringing you the flagship show not long after this. And uh, we're going to have a really, really good week one. Uh, check out all the articles over at Five Year Rush. There's going to be a lot of content uh, there this week. So, fiveyearrush.co.uk. Don't forget, as always, keep rushing. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm gonna do this to protect myself. Do it for them, do it for you, Montgomery County.
Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforumc.org. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.